And uh, we want to extend a special welcome to Cincy and Bainbridge as they're watching the simulcast, those that are watching online. And uh, this morning we're wrapping up our our series called Refocus. Um, We're finishing the book of Colossians. And as you saw in that video, um, we're going to talk about luggage. Or, well, another word that we use for luggage, right? When you go in the airport to pick up your luggage, it's baggage, right? Baggage claim. And, and the reality is that we all have some baggage. We all have something we carry around with us, uh, some more than others, but we have baggage. And so this morning we're going to talk about that. Um, as we do, there's, as we jump into this passage, um, I want to explain a little bit of why, why we're going to focus on this. Because we're really we're going to focus on, on two small verses, Colossians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And if you've been reading through the book of Colossians, you know that the end of the book is very similar to the, many of the other letters that the Apostle Paul wrote. He gets to the end, and usually it's a lot of, you know, thank yous and say hello to this person and greetings to you from this person. And, um, and I feel like as we read through that, it's, it, it, we can kind of fall into the trap of like reading through the book of Numbers, right? Have you ever read through the Bible in a year or whatever? And, and for whatever reason, the book of Numbers just is so challenging. It's so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, and usually their names we're, we can't even pronounce, right? And, and, and so we kind of, I mean, let's be honest, we kind of skim through it, right? And I think sometimes we can go to a passage like Colossians and, and, and we get to the end of the letter and we kind of skim through it. Uh, but this morning, I think it, as, we, as we dig into the story behind the story, I, I think it'll, it'll come to light in a, in a new and unique way. And let, let, me, let me give you an example of this. So recently, my, my daughter decided, since Betty White is turning like 100, I think, um, she wanted to go through and binge watch the Golden Girls. How many of you have seen the Golden Girls? Okay. And so uh, somehow I got suckered into watching an episode with her a- as she's binge watching the Golden Girls. And, and now it's a sitcom, right? It's a comedy. And, and, and so as we're going through this episode, there's, there's jokes about Frank Sinatra. There's jokes about um, Karishchikov. There's, there's jokes about Jimmy Carter. Uh, there's jokes about Jimmy Durante. And I am just, I'm dying. I'm laughing my head off. I'm almost like falling off the couch. This stuff is so funny. And my daughter is looking at me like, who are you? Like, what is so funny? Like, I, I don't know any of those people. I don't know what that's, you know, what the references are. And now, if you're kind of chuckling inside this morning because you don't know who any of those people are and you think I'm really old, I just want to give you this tidbit. Someday you're going to have to admit to your children that you are older than Google. And they are not going to believe you, all right? But, but you, can, you can see how that, you know, the jokes just didn't make sense to her because she didn't know the background, right? She didn't know the backstory, the people behind those things. And I, and I think that's what can happen as we go through and read a passage like this. And so I really want to focus on, on two verses here, Colossians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And if you're using a chair Bible, it's page 952. 
And if you're using that chair Bible, you don't have a Bible at home, you'd like to take that, that is, that is our gift to you. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. And so as we jump into Colossians chapter 4, in the middle of all this send-off and thank-yous and, and say hi to this person and greetings from this person, here's these, these two verses. In verse 10 it says, Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Now, this may seem like just an obscure reference. There's, there's you know, a couple of names that are thrown out there. Articus, uh, Articurus, uh, Mark, Barnabas, right? There's these names that are thrown out there. But there's, there's a tremendous backstory behind this. Because if, if you go to Acts chapter 13, you see the relationship between Paul and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the early church as the first missionary team that went and traveled around and shared the gospel around all of Asia Minor. And a lot of these letters that we're, we're reading, whether it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, these were written to those churches that, that Paul and Barnabas planted on that first missionary journey. But then in Acts chapter 15, we see this council that assembled in, in Jerusalem. They, they were having kind of a theological debate that they needed to settle. And after that council in Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas said, hey, let's, let's go on another missions trip together. But see, there was a problem. See, on that first missions trip, there was a, 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 young, a young man that kind of tagged along. It was Barnabas' cousin, Mark. John Mark. And, and, and John is his, his uh, Jewish name. Mark was his Greek name. And, and he was this young one that went along with Paul and Barnabas to assist them on that first missionary journey. But we see that they got partway through the journey and Mark left. Now, we really don't know why Mark left. We don't know if there's family that was sick. We don't know if he was just simply homesick. We don't know if he decided that, that this type of ministry was just not for him. He wasn't cut out for it. It doesn't matter really what the reason is. The fact is he left. He quit in the middle of the journey. And so now in Acts chapter 15, as Paul and Barnabas are, are talking about doing a second journey, Barnabas says, well, I want to take Mark with us. And Paul basically says, over my dead body. Like, I am not taking that quitter with me. He gave up on us last time. Why would I want to take him along with us this time? And so here you have Paul and Barnabas, the two greatest missionaries of the early church, and they have a split. They, they have a division they can't resolve. And so Paul takes Silas, and he goes on a missions trip, and Barnabas takes Mark, and he goes on a mission trip. And they part ways. And now, when you think about the magnitude of this, this split, this division that's taking place in the early church, I, I, I tried to come up with you know, some examples, that, modern day examples that would, that would 
you know, communicate what that was like. I, I really couldn't come up with a, a good one. I, I don't know. I mean, if you really follow uh, what's happening in the American church, I don't know, maybe Beth Moore leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a, a, a feeling of, of what this is like. Um, if we were to take it into pop culture, you know, I don't know if Jennifer Lopez, you know, splits up with A-Rod, right? And, you know, I, I don't know that... But, but, but in a Christian realm, right? I, I don't know how to illustrate that other than to say, like, here are, the, here are the two giants of the church, of the early church, and they've got conflict, and they go their separate ways. You see, they both left with baggage. And so as you look at this and you understand that backstory, now I want you to look at a verse that Paul wrote just, just a, a few verses before. Paul said this, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, as the Colossians were reading that part of the letter, they hadn't got to this end yet, right? If they didn't know that there was some resolution to that relationship breakup between Paul and Barnabas and Mark, wouldn't this fall on deaf ears? Like, wouldn't they, wouldn't they go, hold it a second, Paul. Wow, what a hypocrite you are. Because we know, we know what your relationship was like with Paul, with Barnabas. We know what your, how you treated Mark. Like, who are you to tell us to forgive others? if you haven't forgiven them. And so I think as we look at this and we look at these verses and we understand the, the background to it, there, there are some principles that Paul is communicating to the church in Colossae and, and communicating to us today. I think one of the things is that, that thankfulness begins with forgiveness. As, as he goes through and is thanking all these different people, he, he's He's making sure that they understand that he has expressed forgiveness. And the reason that he's, he's expressed forgiveness is he understands three major principles, and I want to share those with you this morning. The first one is this, that forgiving others affects your relationship with God. Paul, Paul knew this. Paul understood that. Paul communicated that to other churches. In fact, part of the reason why Paul knew this and understood it is because Jesus talked about it as he, as he gave his example of prayer to the disciples. There are some translations that will say, forgive us our debts as we forget our de forgive our debtors. But I think a better translation is that it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive others' sins. Because just a few verses later, Jesus explains his prayer. And in that explanation, he says this. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to, give for, to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, we can get into a lot of theological debate about this, and, 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 and if you take it absolutely, literally as the way it's written, and, and maybe it sounds like that you somehow earn your salvation, that somehow it, it, that you, you get for, forgiveness from God because you forgive others. But if we take it in a very general sense, the, 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 the principle, the concept is there. 
is that it affects our relationship with God. If, we don't, if we're not willing to forgive other people, then, then why, why should God forgive us? And so it affects our relationship with God. When we're, when we're unwilling to, to give the same forgiveness to others that God has given to us, it, are, it affects our relationship. I think the second thing that, that Paul knew and Paul communicated repeatedly was this, that forgiveness frees both you and the offender. You know, when we express forgiveness to someone, in some, in some cases, it, they're the one, they're carrying baggage around too. They're carrying the guilt of, of, of hurting you, of, of somehow harming you in the past. And, they, they're not, and they're not dealing with it because you haven't forgiven them yet. You see, there, there's baggage on both ends of the party. When you think about Mark and, and, and how he approached ministry, what, how do you think he felt when he, he was the center point, he was the focal point of this, of this great split, of this divide between Paul and Barnabas? How, how do you think Mark felt being rejected by, by the Apostle Paul? And even as he traveled with, with Barnabas and, and went about and helping him with ministry, there had to be this nagging part of Mark to go, I broke up the band. Like, it, like somehow I ruined this thing that, that, that God had put together. You see, there, there's baggage on, on both parties. And, and for, those, for those of us that are holding on to something, and maybe this morning, even as, even as I'm speaking about this, this idea of forgiveness, it's already coming to your mind. There are people in your life that, that you're wrestling with that, man, they, they've done something. I, I, I just can't forgive them for that. that. That's just way beyond it. They did so much harm to me or my family or my friends. I just can't forgive them. I want you to process through that this morning. And remember this. That resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. You know, sometimes it's said like this, that we're allowing people to live in our heads rent-free. But that's, that's exactly what happens to us, is if, if, if we don't forgive and we hang on to it and we, keep, keep, we allow it to fester within us and, and it creates resentment, and all of a sudden, that, that baggage becomes heavier and heavier. And yet, it's self-inflicted. It's, it's like drinking the poison to ourselves and expecting it to affect others. So here's, here's the illustration. Let me, let me explain to you why I have this particular bag. Because I know, I know as you look at it, you go, wow, that's, that's a pretty ugly piece of luggage, huh? But listen, this, this piece of luggage has very unique significance for me because this represents my baggage. You know, I've, I've probably shared with you bits and pieces of my story before. The, the, the fact that um, my mother was pregnant before uh, she got married. My father did the respectable thing and he married her. But then my father 
ran away. My father took off to, the, to California as far away as he could possibly go. And we're talking about, you know, pre-internet days, pre-cell phone days. If he didn't want to be found, he wasn't going to be found. I mean, he, he did that. He, he just went as far away as he could. And in fact, through my ent- entire childhood, through growing up, um, all the way in, in, in my teen years, going away to college, getting married, um, I actually saw my father once. He came back for my second birthday. And, and, and there was a couple of phone calls. Uh, I vaguely remember a couple of letters. But that was the extent of my relationship with my biological father. I was raised in a single-parent household. And frankly, that was my baggage. That was what I carried around for, for years. And in some ways, I didn't even understand the implications. I didn't understand you know, what the drinking of the poison was like. I didn't understand that I was angry and frustrated because of that baggage. But here's what's, here's what's unique about this particular piece of luggage. Years later, I was married, still living in Syracuse, and my father came home. My father came back from California because he was dying of cancer. And he came back to try to reconcile with his family, his, his sisters, his parents, my mother, myself. And, and this is the very bag that he brought back with him from California. In fact, all of his life's possessions, everything that he owned in this world, fit in this one piece of luggage. And it wasn't until then that I had the opportunity to really express forgiveness to him and and to, to rid myself of this baggage and to allow God's work in my heart so that I could really truly forgive him. And it was through that that he came to know Jesus as his Savior. But see, for years, for years, I had baggage. And it was affecting my relationships with others in ways that I just didn't, I didn't even understand. But it wasn't until I had experienced the freedom of forgiveness that I was able to walk away from that and experience the freedom in Christ because I finally had forgiven him. So just like my story, as you look at this story, if you, as you look at the story of Paul and Barnabas and Mark, and you see this verse, you see that, that Mark is now there with Paul side by side. He's an important part of what Paul's doing. He's, he's his assistant as he's going through this journey of eventually leading to his martyrdom. Mark is there by his side. The relationship is healed. They're restored. And so when, when Paul wrote this, when, he, when Paul said this to those in Colossians, and, and when they understood the fact that, that Paul and Barnabas and, and Mark had mended their ways, that, that they had forgiven one another, and that they had gotten rid of their baggage... 
wow, does this become meaningful? Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. And remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. I think the overriding principle that we need to take away from that this morning, it's so simple, but yet so difficult, so challenging, so profound. You see, Jesus forgives, and we should too. You see, the story of the gospel is simply this, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross as the perfect substitute the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He offers us forgiveness through that sacrifice. And, and it is because of that sacrifice and the fact that he paid for our sins that we can have a restored relationship with God. We can experience forgiveness from God. Have you experienced forgiveness from God this morning? Are you thankful for that forgiveness? But if we have that forgiveness from God, then we should be able to give forgiveness to others. You see, what if Paul had never forgave Mark? What if Paul never mended his relationship with Barnabas? First of all, this the verses in Colossians would make very little impact on the, the church in Colossae because they would know that it would ring hollow. They, they, they knew that they would know that, that, that Paul wasn't practicing what he preached. But here's the interesting thing. You see, Mark did a, a missions trip with Barnabas then Mark also started to become the right-hand person for Paul. Then Mark also was the, the right-hand person for Peter. And as we read through the Gospels, we got Matthew, Luke, and John. He was, he, he was one of the authors of the Gospel. Would any of that have happened if Paul had not forgave him and restored him? Hard to say. But the question for us today is, if God has paid such a debt for us, if, if, we, if we stand before a righteous and holy God, forgiven of our sins, why can't we express forgiveness to our fellow man and woman? Jesus forgives and we should too. In just a minute, we're going to watch a video that kind of wraps this up, and, and then we're going to celebrate communion. And, and, and really, when you think about communion, we're, we're celebrating and remembering that sacrifice, what Jesus did for us, and the fact that we are forgiven. And so I hope over the next few minutes, as, as you watch this video, the conclusion of, of what we saw before the message, and then as we go through the, the, the worship experience of, of communion, I pray that you, that you work through and wrestle through this, this concept of forgiveness. Because there's no better day to take care of it than today. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you were here this morning, if you were watching, if you were listening online, 
and you have never made that decision to be a Jesus follower, the, the, the gospel has just been laid out to you. The good news of Jesus Christ has just been shared with you. The fact that God sent his son to die on a cross, to shed his perfect blood, to cover our sin, to allow us to have a restored relationship with him. It, without that, the forgiveness that you can grant to others is just something that you can generate, you can try to generate on your own. But in reality, you're not going to be able to generate that true forgiveness until you experience forgiveness from God. And so I would encourage you this morning to make that decision to follow Jesus and accept that free gift and offering. But for those of you that have, have, have made that decision, you have the, the thankfulness, the, the joy, the, the, the adoration of God. It, for, you just are so thankful for what he has done for you and forgiving you don't hold on to that but share that forgiveness with others our gracious god we come before you this morning each of us may be wrestling with a different challenge a different a different piece of baggage but but god we know that you have offered us forgiveness and that we need to offer forgiveness to others God, give us the courage to reach out even today, whether it's a phone call or an email. I mean, maybe there's somebody that we need to talk to face-to-face at the end of the worship gathering this morning. God, however you would, you would prompt us to, to resolve a situation, God, I pray that you will make that happen today in our hearts, that we will grant the kind of forgiveness that you have given to us. And God, I pray this all in the power and the name of Jesus. Amen.